You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 32. And in this episode, I have another great conversation with somebody in the financial influencer space, Laura Ann Moore. Laura is a money and mindset coach, a content creator and a podcaster that's been featured on BBC News and was nominated for Online Financial Influencer of the Year 2022. Our conversation is just the sort that I like having on the subject of money, open and honest with different ideas and viewpoints being put forward. As a result of our conversation, my Amazon book wishlist has some titles in there that I just didn't think would ever be in there. I personally took a lot away from this conversation, and I think you will too. Hey, Laura, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. I have been following your account for um, quite a while now, and I've got to say, I really like the content that you put out there because it always stands out from the rest because you bring a sort of energy and a vibe to personal finance that I think is sorely needed in a space that is normally um, stereotypically quite black and white, quite gray and quite boring. Like to the point that whenever I make, um, I don't know, any content from on like Canva or I search stock images of personal finance if i put in personal finance i put in money i put in anything like that it's just the same like man in suits um really like it's just so stereotypical and i just think like none of that helps the image of finance Mm. like everyone thinks it's boring it appears boring so it's quite refreshing to have like content like yours that it just brings a different approach to it oh thank you that's very kind of you yeah i definitely think that that's one thing i have it's a lot of feedback that i usually get it's like your content is so relatable like you make money fun and that's kind of part of like i guess kind of my strap line with what i do but i like to make money fun because like you say otherwise it's really boring and i do think that because the finance world has been stereotypically like an old white male dominated space and still kind of is, it's so important to start to change the face of that. And um, yeah, and I think it's slowly, slowly, but like we're getting there. But yeah, it can be fun. Money can be fun and it affects all of us. Right. So it's important that we feel we can connect with it in a different way. I think that's kind of like the benefit of social media because there's so many cons, sadly, despite the fact that you and I and so many people that create content, I mean, most businesses now need social media um, to just have a presence. But like there's so many cons, but the the pro is actually there's younger, more diverse people that are have access to this sort of information. Um, Yeah, 100%. What I wanted to first find out from kind of your background is you to put a lot of information out there about mindsets, um, the emotional side of money. What was your kind of money mindset, emotional connection to money growing up leading to prior to what you do now? So when I was like, and I shared this a lot, you know, as part of my story, like even how I got into it, but I grew up 
in a family where we didn't have a lot of money and you know both my parents worked but there's four four siblings so you know quite six of us it's quite a lot a lot of mouths to feed and I and it's only now looking back on it that I understand that this is how I viewed it but you know I did hear a lot of you know money doesn't grow on trees you you know you can't just ask you, you don't just get what you want like that kind of thing um a lot of like we can't afford that and I think because my parents especially my dad who was self-employed because he was out of the house all the time working and yet we still didn't have any money I think I kind of well I know I kind of built up this belief and this mindset that making money is hard and you have to be given all hours all effort you know and the more you do the more you get but even then you still might not it's still hard it's still a hard graft and I think that I really internalized that from a young age um and I realized that I was so scared of not having it's not even about having materialistic things but having safety because you know we were in a position where sometimes the mortgage wasn't paid and sometimes you know bailiffs would be at the door you know it was quite intense so from a young age it was all about for me like safety and security and being like I don't want people to take anything away from me so um when I got my first job when I was like 15 worked at Argos big up (laughs) um (laughs) I became a massive like sort of money hoarder which obviously is also known as saving but it came from a a scarcity mindset it was very like I've got this money I need to keep hold of it because otherwise it's going to get taken away from me otherwise I'm not going to be safe so yeah it came from you know I saw the stress that that money or lack of can create from a young age definitely everything you said there is pretty much a mirror image of my upbringing Mm -hmm. I think um that kind of we uh, we certainly weren't poor I mean I grew up in South Africa so I had a slightly different view of um society was a little bit different there wasn't there's no benefit system there so there was no kind of back there's no backstop from society that was going to help you really you kind of so there was a, i guess there's an always like another element of money anxiety there because at least at least in the uk which i'm so grateful for that like if, if things were to really go wrong um at least there is a benefit system hopefully i never have to use it or no you know but it's there yeah. um so like I had a very similar upbringing in that sense that like my mum, there was three of us. She was a single parent. She had to try and work all hours of the day to just get by. Like we'd never had fancy stuff. We never had like the latest PlayStation. All of our, all of our friends did, but I kind of like that lack mindset around what I could get definitely influenced me. And then actually when you said there that when you kind of started learning about money or started earning your own money, you became a bit of a hoarder and I feel like actually that's the natural progression because once you start realizing I can get my own money I don't want to be in the same position as I was when I was a kid and that's definitely how I feel now and I try and I try and keep it at bay because it's neither neither is healthy like worrying about having no money and then having it and thinking oh god I've got to keep it all like both of those mindsets are good yeah and I think like it's really interesting to see how like the the way that what the way that you're brought up affects the way that you make handle save spend you know and obviously there is that direct link that's what money mindset basically is and that's what your money story is so like we both just shared what our money stories are and obviously there is a lot of similarities with them but i've also got i don't know if you so you said there was three of you so if you've got like a brother or a sister brother and a sister so same for me i've got two brothers and a sister but we all have very different views on money which is so interesting because we were 
brought up in the same household but obviously we were all at different ages experiencing different things at that age and I find you know that just because the way that your parents were or parent doesn't necessarily indicate that you're going to end up the exact same way so for, obviously for us it made us be hoarders the second we got our money we were like we need to hold on to it whereas it can send some people the other way and they go as soon as I get money I need to spend it and enjoy it because otherwise it's going to get taken away from me which is how some people become impulse and overspenders so it's not like this direct if this happened to you you're going to be the same it's whatever happened to you has an impact on how you end up feeling and handling money um which I think is always interesting because that's where the deep inner work comes where you've got to kind of unpick it a little bit and be like are these beliefs actually mine or are they borrowed are they taken from a situation or a person because a lot of 99% well, of the time they're not your beliefs they're taken from an amalgamation of parents guardians friends experiences the lot yeah what so you say obviously and I, I definitely relate to that as well like different sibling ages mm -hmm. kind of have different experiences how would you say your siblings are they quite similar now as far as money goes or is, or is it a complete I think it's a bit difference. of a mix I mean it's hard isn't it because I'm a finance coach so they get yeah. it from me being like you know make sure you do all the things um but you know I've got my older brother he kind of went the other way like completely the other way and just wanted to spend all of his money um my younger sister she very much I think you know she looks up to me so we have a similar view on money she's actually really good but she's also was at that good age when I started doing what I was doing where she just started earning money so I was able to instill some really good stuff into her from a young age um and yeah so I think that there is there, it's hard there's similarities but there's also a lot of differences but that's where your own personality comes into it um and the way that you view what you want to do like all of my brothers and sisters still live in my hometown whereas I moved out and I, I live in London and I think your environment and who you hang around with has a massive impact on the way that you feel about money and the way that you handle money because who you're spending a lot of time with as we know it has an impact on the way that you then behave so even if you've had a money story that is whatever it was which has created a set of beliefs for you to behave in a certain way as that then starts to manifest as an adult in your adult life it different things bring it out different environments different people different jobs you know and that's where I think we need to realize like you not becoming a victim to your story and actually having like autonomy and taking responsibility for how you now manage your money you can you can say oh because this happened as a child this is probably why I act this way but instead of going mm, that's just me I just am a spender I just am bad with money it's going oh that's why I act like that hmm what can I do to change it because that's fully within my control to change and I think that's where people sometimes struggle it's the understanding how much responsibility they have over their own actions um so that's where the hard work is do you think then that despite the fact that your upbringing influences your money mindset so much do you think it's malleable do you think that you can change it when you're older yeah 100 percent. i always say so your money mindset usually like your set of beliefs are usually set in stone i put in commas um because it's not a comma what's that an apostrophe um because, what are they speak speak speech marks, speech marks? basically yeah. go with, set let's in go stone. with that <laughs> <laughs> um by the age of seven because that's between 
around the ages of seven to eight, our brain waves start to change. We start to build our analytical mind where as information is coming in, we've actually got a filtering process of going, hmm, do I believe this is true? Do you know? So whatever happens up to the age of seven has a much bigger impact. It gets stuck in your subconscious. Not to say that all the impacts, obviously seven onwards, don't have an impact, but from that from that age is uh, you know set in stone however our brains um, are, are so malleable they're so changeable and i fully believe everybody has the ability to change anything beliefs the way you act your personality and there's a book by i always talk about it because it's such an incredible book it's a book called mindset by carol dweck and it's about the difference between growth and a fixed mindset and it basically shows the people that believe that they have a fixed mindset so they're like this is just who i am i can't change they don't change or they find it harder to change. Whereas the people that have a growth mindset and they understand, oh, I may be like this, but th this is a result of my hard work or this is a result of a behavior that I can change. They're able to change more. So even just the difference of whether you believe you can change or not has a big impact on your ability to change. So that's one thing I always say when I start working with people or, you know, when I do workshops or talks or whatever, I say, hear me now you can you all have the ability to change our brains are physically able to change so once you can internalize that then you can start to do the hard work so no matter what happened to you and you hear don't you all those stories of like rags to riches from so many big big celebrities like you look at like oprah for example she literally was like in the worst position ever and now she's like a multi-millionaire it proves that you can change your your story it doesn't have to be what your future is going to be yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because my mindset shifted. For me, though, it was like something actually had to happen mm. because I wouldn't have been able to internalize the belief that I could make more money or, you know, um, improve my financial situation. Because to me, that was always a myth. That was always people who were born into money, people who um, had high paying jobs or whatever. It was, they are the ones that are just kind of almost destined to be good with money. They're going to be the ones that invest. It's not me. I am not that person. And I think... I hope it's not the case, but I really do think it is. If I hadn't kind of got myself into debt, got to a point where I had to, I had to learn this stuff, and then I opened up a world of you know everything, a growth mindset that I don't think I had before. It took for me to get that. How do you think? And from your perspective, like obviously you talk to a lot of people about this stuff. Um, you work with clients. You do talks. Is do people need to have that moment of like, oh shit? I'm in a bad spot or can they um that firstly do they need that and secondly if not how do you inspire them to believe that they can mm. so i think that you don't need that moment however a lot of people do have that moment like you say they get into debt it becomes unmanageable and the debt collectors come and it's the wake-up call to go oh my god i need to sort my shit out or you know you have a moment it doesn't necessarily need to be like rock bottom for some people it does and everyone is different i don't think it's a need i think it's just it might happen to you in your situation it did you had that and you're saying i don't know if it would have happened without whereas some people have that moment by i guess so my my moment of that was i guess a more positive one which was I my whole life like I say had had a really bad image of money was scared of it wanted to hold on to it and when I was 19 I got my first ever full-time job and decided that I wanted to save up to go to drama school and it's about 15,000 pounds a year I knew my parents couldn't do that for me so I was like right I'll save so by the time I was 22 I had 15 grand and 
yeah, it was really, I was really proud of myself. I was like, you know, I'd, I'd done all that hard work. And then two weeks before I was due to start drama school, two of my best friends were like, do you want to come traveling with us? We're going to go to Australia and Asia. And I was like, okay. So I had a two week period before I started to, to make a decision. And I decided to go traveling. So I deferred my space at drama school. And I had this moment, this realization where I was like, oh my God, like, I didn't have to choose between which one I could afford. It was based on which one I wanted. So I had this really positive experience of money and I ended up going traveling. I spent all the money. I had the best time ever. But I went from having like my whole life, money being a bad thing, money, you know, it being caused stress. It causes so much anxiety and worry. But then being like, oh, actually, if you have a good relationship with it and if you work to save it or, you know, look after it, it can do really good, exciting, positive things. So for me, that was, I guess, my kind of moment, but it was a positive one. So that made me go, well, how else can I kind of instill this into my life? What else is it that I kind of need to do? And that set me off on my journey. So I think, yeah, you don't, to answer the first part, you don't need to have that moment. Mm-hmm. But to change how you feel about money, there still has to be a moment of... I I want something better for my life or I want something better for my situation. And that is why a lot of the time if people are just kind of like living paycheck to paycheck, not really having any problems, they're not necessarily going to feel super inspired to save or to do all of these big things. And sometimes it is a case of like they lose their job or like COVID happened. And I think a lot of people that were in stable nine to fives were like, shit, like, I never thought my job was unstable until this moment. So even though necessarily nothing bad had happened, they hadn't lost their job. It was just that like little moment of awakening. Like I had a couple of friends like that. Um, so it's it's such a personal thing. Like, you know, this like personal finance is so personal, but you have to find your why. What is your why for what you're doing? What is your why for being better with money, for saving? It's why it's why financial goals work so well because there's an emotion attached to what it is that you're working towards. So in that moment when you're choosing between spending or saving, well, you're so emotionally connected to what you're saving for that it's easy to say no to something in the now. It's easy to choose delayed over instant gratification. And yeah, when you can find your why, so obviously yours would have been like, I don't want to be in this bad position anymore that was still a why you were motivated away from pain some people are motivated away from pain some people are motivated towards pleasure you know it's it's it can change like so it's just finding your why and using that as like the fuel to get you to where you need to do to start to do the hard work to unprogram those negative beliefs that you might have yeah i mean fear for me was definitely a great motivator Mm. like it, it 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 doesn't anymore because I'm, now I'm not scared. So it kind of, it evolved, doesn't it? I think um, once you get out of that space, but I talk to so many people, especially on TikTok, which is a dangerous place but, um, in the comment section of TikTok. If you want to go to a dark place, that's where you want to go. Um, but people who I get quite a lot of comments. Like if I talk about investing and stuff like that, I get quite a lot of comments being like, it's just not for me. It's unachievable. I don't earn enough money. Um, what would you say to people? Because obviously the people who come to you and even to me um, to get some sort of support, mm. they're they're already in the kind of mindset of the, 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 the switches are really flicked. They're already thinking, I want to take some positive action for my situation here. But there's a large percentage of society, sadly, even people on even the middle class who are trapped by money, mm. trapped by their job, trapped by credit cards or whatever it is that's keeping them 
working their asses off every single month to earn just enough to sustain their lifestyle or live slightly above their means. This, like, you can tell these people all you want. Look, there is another way out. You can, you can improve your finances and that not just, that won't just improve your bank account balance or your investment portfolio balance. It wouldn't change your entire life. Like it really, really can. But I find some people it's just words mm. and I'm always tr constantly trying to figure out how to, um, I don't know how to portray it to people who feel like it's impossible. Mm. Even if you try and articulate it in a way, like I just have, like it, there is another way you can, it doesn't, unless they feel it. Um, I don't know a way, I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on it, but a way of explaining to somebody mm. who is in trouble that they can get out of the situation. And they honestly like how, because people um, don't think how money affects everything. They just don't, they just think it is, I need to pay my bills and then I can buy stuff I want. Mm -hmm. Like that's pretty much what most people think about money, but they don't think about the underlying money anxiety and all the other things that come with it. Is there anything that you do or have you thought about this? Yeah, I mean, I think first, first thing to say is you're right. Like it's not i always say it's not about how much money you have it's how you feel about the money that you have and what you do with that which is why people who are on really high salaries aren't necessarily happier because they've just got higher bills maybe they send their children to private school maybe they drive five cars instead of one you know they mm. inflate their lifestyle to meet their salary so therefore it's not about the money it's about the way you feel about it um and i think that when it comes to invest in first off there's a massive societal belief that investing is only for the rich um you have to have loads of money to do it your money is at risk which obviously it is but people don't realize that you can do caveat caveat yeah um that you can uh, um, mitigate risk based on how you invest and i think that you cannot and this is something i've had to learn i think as a coach you can't fix and help everyone and you can inspire and you and this is the power of storytelling you know i know that i've inspired people by telling them you know i was raised in a family where we didn't have any money and there were bailiffs at the door to now having x you know i saved 40 grand i've got 15 grand invested i've run my own business like i did all of that myself but i had to i found my why and i had to do a lot of hard work to undo those beliefs some people in their own lifetime just might not get it and I do mm. think that you have to kind of like resign yourself to that, but also trust in that people will figure it out at different points. Some people will learn it at 20. Some people will learn it at 60. And the best thing you can do is show up storytelling and inspiring and just show paving a way of like, which is why I think financial education is so important because you can, you know, we as content creators and having a podcast and doing talks, we can simplify the information. And the more relatable we look, the more people go, oh, well, they kind of look like me. Maybe I can do it. And, you know, what we know from marketing research is that people have to see and hear things sometimes like 10, 15 times to really, truly um, understand and internalize a concept. Some people get it once, some, you know, it's just how it is. So I think from from my end, the, the more I share my story and the more I break down concepts, the easier people find to understand it. So like I have um, like a mini investing course where I teach people the practical and the emotional sides of becoming an investor. And the key thing, I guess, that people come to me with struggling is that classic case of I don't have any money to invest and I don't feel like it's for me, especially women. Um mm -hmm. 
and it's that education piece to because when we when we don't understand something we fear it or when we don't know about it we fear it which is why knowledge is so powerful but actually then putting it into action and having that first-hand experience to grow someone's confidence but like you say the comment section of tiktok can be brutal and it can be you know there are a lot of people out there that aren't wanting to do the hard work and, mm-hmm. and and don't necessarily want to take accountability for their own situation and don't want to do the, they don't want to think that they're that it's not even about them being the problem but they don't want to think that they can change their situation it's easier to be a victim to your own circumstances and be like no mm-hmm. this is just how you know i just go to work i pay my bills and, and instead of thinking that there's a different way and you have to find expanders in your in your community or in online whatever where whether that's a friend or whether that's someone you follow online someone you look at and you go oh my god if they can do it i can do it which is why we want to break this, you know, stereotype of people who are rich or any old white men and go, oh my God, anyone can do it. It's just the, the work that I put in. And I think just by showing up authentically as yourself and sharing your story, you'll you'll catch some people and they'll change their lives and some people won't. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that is the only way to do it. And that's why I think the social media from our little niche that we sit in is brilliant yeah. the problem i have is it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy the the, the the bigger you get the more followers you have the less relatable you become mm. so like i when i use tiktok as an example mm-hmm. when like when i first started creating tiktoks i had way more positive um feedback and comments from people because it did feel potentially like i had a terrible audio i had terrible video it was i clearly was like in the beginning of what i was doing so people were very much like oh i can relate to that and it's way more now than i did back then i get people saying oh you're just trying to sell a course you're like i get honestly i get that probably every day now Mm. like just because the quality of my video is better and my audio is better all of a sudden I feel like I'm less relatable Mm. to those people, which I think is so sad because I'm reaching more people now than I was then. And, and, and maybe it's silence. I think the people that potentially are being reached aren't, you know, obviously I get people saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause the loudest, yeah, the loudest voices, especially on TikTok, but Instagram and YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. The loudest voices are always, you know, the, the, um, the keyboard warriors who have something to say, who have very little knowledge about the subject Mm -hmm. or claim to have the knowledge. Um, So I think, relatability is definitely a huge one like and i think that's why i like in particular your content is because i think you are reaching the people who potentially um women in particular who potentially weren't um educated previously on how to do these things or were pushed aside by the professionals in this space um and obviously as that's your main focus i'd love to hear your thoughts on kind of like the progression of how um women are more empowered to do this now and the information has been the information i think potentially was always there the same as it was to men but maybe they were being blocked somehow now my knowledge in the subject is from what i've researched myself and i know you have a lot more knowledge so i'd love to hear your thought on that yeah i think that you know women have only been able to have bank accounts for like I think the first one, I always, I always get the date wrong, but it's like 55 years ago or something. Like, it's crazy, it's, isn't it? Yeah, and you think money has been around for a long time. And even just the, the, the value exchange, you know, it's always been men in the game. And women have only started to be included in the conversation very, very recently. So mm. I think there is, and you, you know, if you think a lot of our, like, even our grandparents they wouldn't have been which is only you know two above us 
they wouldn't have been in a position where you know the men would have looked after the money they would they were only just about allowed to work they were very restricted on what jobs they could have they didn't have social media so it was you know like all of these things play into this narrative around women and money and it even happens the same in like boardrooms right with women in senior positions the general kind of view obviously not by all men but by a lot mm -hmm. of kind of senior people is that women are too emotional well you know they, they can't be in a boardroom because they're just they'll just get upset and cry um so like we're that we're still breaking down this view of women in money in finance in senior positions and all of this so it's a quite you know it's a it's a battle that women and men are fighting for women but yeah i think that because of that we need to focus on uh, yes statistics around you know like it, it's statistically proven that women are technically better investors because they hold on to their they're, they're less irrational they hold on to their investments for longer you know they is that right yeah statistics I, i'd have to dig it out to find the, the exact i'm not going to ask you to quote it but that is yeah. interesting <laughs> i know i thought that um and like when i first got into investing right I'd been running my finance page for maybe a year and a bit, like posting. Mm -hmm. I was talking about how much I'd saved. And I learned about investing through a man when I was on a date. And I was like, yeah, I've got all this money in savings. And they, he was like, well, you know that by holding your money in savings, you're actually losing money. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I'm losing? So I you know, went away and did my own research. And obviously, I'm so lucky that I have access to YouTube and the internet and free content and our parents didn't even have that this is literally so recent mm. and even the rise of financial influencers still so recent so i think it's like leaning into that and i found this piece of research from fidelity which is called women and money and it honestly changed my life because it broke down in women and what it's like to invest and like all these stats and it was just fascinating and it said about women being better investors but where they're more likely to put their money and the number of percentage of women that hold stocks and shares ISA is way less than men and those that invest is way less yet are we statistically on average live longer by a couple of years and by the time we get to the age where we draw down on our pension we have way less in our pensions because we take career breaks and it makes more usually more financial sense for the women to to be a stay-at-home mom so all of these factors play into like women still having the back foot and i think that it's important that we empower women to educate themselves financially and not just lean into oh my boyfriend does the finances or oh I've, yeah that's not really for investing isn't really for me and all of these things that help us become financially secure are available to both men and women and i don't think it's a matter of leaving men out of the conversation but if you go on instagram i have a lot of really good like financial influencer friends especially men who on their page is that investing heavy it's all about investing and mm -hmm. i find a lot of women that i work with are like i just don't relate to it because i find it a bit too aggressive or they forget that i don't yet understand that language so the reason why i have women come to me and want to learn about investing is because i break it down and they feel heard and they feel listened. again not all men caveat to that but you know on average so i think mm -hmm. that it's just important that we're we're holding that space for women to know that it is for them and i think the hard thing when it comes to i know i'm kind of focusing on investing here but like the hard thing is that because of the gender pay gap we have slightly less to invest so it's all of these little factors that come into play but again it's like not being a victim to your circumstances taking control knowing that there's free information out there all these cool podcasts and books and all of this stuff and you can learn 
really quite easily and you can start at any point we're so lucky nowadays especially with investing you can start with like five pounds um so it's breaking down the myths isn't it about like all the different ways that you can get financially secure and financially independent and helping people to understand it is for them i think it's important yeah absolutely i think um well my my demographics actually there's i think it's about slightly tips towards women um I purposely try not to talk about investing too much because there is an absolute plethora of um, pages dedicated with the name invest in them. Um, and like every day, uh, a new one's popping up and it all, I mean, no, there's some really good ones, but there's a lot of them just feel really scammy. And I think, I think it's, um, it attracts a certain demographic when they're talking about like forex trading and 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 crypto trading not that i'm necessarily against either of them but when they when all they talk about is that mm. my scam radar just goes off straight away and i switch off and i like i don't i don't want to be so i can only imagine somebody who knows nothing about investing mm. and even has a slight interest in it and potentially is a woman as well it's going to look at that and just be like what no I, 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 I want nothing to do with this and then switch off which is why it's good that there is um or there are pages like yours where it's clearly what you're about is good but i think talking about investing all the time is it it almost feeds into that kind of different narrative mm. because even though i feel like i understand investing i talk about investing i teach people what you know how to do it mm -hmm. Even those pages I look at, I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Yeah, and I think admit that the problem is, is that finance is a very nuanced topic, right? And it's mm. so personal to everyone. And I'm a very, like, I take a very holistic approach. I talk about the mm. practical, the emotional and the spiritual sides of money. And I am not a coach that's going to tell you to stop drinking your, one, you know, your three pound lattes or your avocado on toast so that you can buy a house. I think it's really important that we know how to enjoy our money and how to spend it and how to use it for good and use it as a tool. But also to understand sometimes we make decisions with our finances that might not make the most financial logical sense, but they make the most sense for us like for example you know someone that really wants to buy a house it's been their dream for their entire life maybe they've got a really toxic home environment right now maybe the market's not in the best position so financially it's not the best thing to do but for them it feels like the right decision and like there's so many things to consider yet when it when some pages are just focused on that like grow your money invest do this it misses out the part where you're you're enjoying your money now obviously mm. people can have whatever niche they want but for me i agree like i think investing is a really important part of your financial well-being and and supporting your future but mm. you also have to think about the now and how money makes you feel now and all of that because um yeah it's it's a combination of things that that improve our financial well-being not just having more in your investment account because as we've learned if you have more money it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy mm. and i think people need to focus on like you said the now first anyway like investing will be that natural progression i think once people get interested in this stuff but i think it, there's a reason why like if you look at any sort of structured approach to improving your finances investing is always like three or four yeah. it's never like oh Number let's one. learn to invest yeah. even though it's the, like the potentially the most exciting thing yeah. and all this is how i'm going to get rich in the future that really needs to be right you need to get your foundations in place first so are your money mindset mm -hmm. get all that kind of stuff potentially get out of debt and then we'll focus on that but 
baiting people in by like this is how you get rich by this whatever it is um unfortunately those tend to be the pages that do very well and explode and gives again a a further bad name to the kind of financial influencer space like about a year i think i started creating videos on tiktok like in the lockdown back when like tons of people started doing at the same time but that's just when they kind of brought in the whole like um the legislation about what you can and can't say um which is obviously a good thing but it just shows that distrust from um the general public's perspective and also like people who are in finance like i had had this discussion with pete matthew and how like because he's a financial um advisor or planner and how they can't say certain things obviously because they're bound by um the fca and they've got all these things that they can and can't say whereas we're not and i think there's a fine line between what you can say and what you can't say from their perspective and what we can say. They are, they are actually quite positive about it. Most of them are anyway, are quite positive about the fact that we are talking about the stuff. And actually we are, I mean, I, I'm certainly not afraid to say certain things. I'm very careful about not trying to, you know, promise people that they can make loads of money. But the stuff that I talk about is like, you know, get out of debt and budgeting. These are all like hundreds of years worth of financial wisdom that do act that does actually work um and i think that trying to find more people like us without saturating the market of like just the same stuff being put out everywhere i still think that's a good thing like having hundreds and or thousands even probably of tiktok accounts instagram accounts youtube accounts saying the same thing is only going to kind of push this information out to more people yeah and i think it's really interesting with the um like First of all, obviously, people always say, like, what's the difference between a financial coach and a financial advisor? And obviously, like you say, I'm not regulated by the FCA. I don't give financial advice. I won't take someone's personal situation and tell them where to put their money. I'm helping them change their habits and their relationship with money and giving that financial wisdom to build a foundation. So, you know, like you say, tips like learning to save, learning how to budget, how you feel about it. And I think that the problem with some of the pages with invest in is where it's solely focused on that is they miss out they miss out the emotional side mm-hmm. and as we know we make 90% well 99% of our financial decisions from a place of emotion not logic we just justify it with logic so if you haven't got into the mindset of being invest an investor and understanding the emotional side of being an investor you run the risk of ending up in a worse position, especially if you're made to, if you haven't got like the basics sorted, like learning how to manage your money, improve, you know, reprogramming your money beliefs, all of that. You'd rather have all of that in place and invest a little bit later down the line than being like, all of these pages are telling me I just need to grow my money now. But I think that you're right. I think the more, like, and I think the financial influencer space is so exciting. I still think it's very new. I started doing this in 2019 and there was barely you know a handful of people now there are so many more and i think the more the better but it is just that being wary of like if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh i follow some pages like asking yourself is it that they that this is their niche and they're talking about this specific thing or is it that they're missing out a part of the conversation because you can follow those pages of course but make sure you're getting a variety of knowledge or tips that cover all of your financial well-being not just one area because when we focus when we hyper focus on just one area you end up missing out on all the other good stuff that's going to help you to kind of get to where it is you want to be um and i think it's the same with like the fire movement right the was it financially independent, fire. Retire Retire early. Early. yeah some people that's great 
like they want to be super frugal they want to save and invest as much as they can so that they can retire at like 35 and then never have to work again amazing but that's not for everyone and it's it's making sure you're not in an echo chamber of all the same voices and that i always say when you create your financial goals make sure they're your goals not what society wants you to do or what your friends or your family are telling you to do really get clear on what life it is that you're trying to create and for years i was like oh, i've got this money saved i should be buying a house i should be buying a house but actually i was like that's not my goal right now and i think people find it quite quite surprising when i say as a financial coach and someone in the finance space that right now i'm not looking to buy property because I want to go traveling again. My focus is my business, being able to work abroad. If I buy a house, that's going to tie me to this country financially in a way that won't work for me. So I'm finding a way to grow and manage my money in other ways that feel good for me. I had to really get clear though with myself that that was a goal that was given to me. And then I had to go, no, I'm okay. I don't want to take that on. So like really getting to know yourself and what life it is that you're trying to create is going to help you kind of filter through stuff the shit the pages the whatever to mm. find what works for you and i think that's really important yeah saying no to societal norms yeah. is is so important especially with money because otherwise you just you know you're a victim to lifestyle creep and you're just buying the nicest car that you can afford or go slightly beyond that and all those things um but it's such a powerful pressure isn't it mm. that societal pressure whatever your friends are doing um whatever's on love island whatever mm. they're talking about like wh whatever's happening on the news or whatever that all that kind of stuff is just kind of becomes it's in the zeitgeist everyone's like this is what you need to do you need to finance a car you need to buy a house as, as early as you can and you know you need to try and climb the corporate ladder as quickly as you can and that's like sadly is what and when you deviate from that like when i left my job uh it's coming up to a year now i left kind of safe employment to become self-employed and none of my friends were doing it really at the time um my partner had already done it so it's kind of there was a bit of a oh this is possible but to, to, like my family my friends were like oh like you're gonna be okay you're gonna be okay it's like people are afraid to take that leap yeah. into the unknown and i think finances and money and learning about this stuff allowed me to do that and i that's what i try and at least um kind of like tell as many people as i can you have options once you once you get yourself financially and it doesn't mean like i haven't got tons of money sitting in my bank account just in case it's not about that it's i, I don't have any debt and um i have an emergency fund those two things alone mm -hmm. allow me to make decisions for me and like what you said there like being able to travel the world with your business and stuff that's again something i would love to do in the future is be able to take six months or mm wet -hmm. out of just normal normal life go and travel, but also take a laptop and be able to work. Like if that's a business, if you can create a business like that, then, you know, life's about living, isn't it? It's not just about work. So I think have, knowing this stuff gives you options and you can be intentional with what you want to do. hundred percent. And I think like not everyone wants to, like being self-employed or running your own business is not for everyone. Like it's just not. And I think because of side hustle culture, and like the, using social media to like build businesses and young people, you know, coming into a lot of money because they've created these businesses. Again, it, it feeds into like a new societal belief, like to be successful, you have to quit your job, run your own business, be investing in Bitcoin, etc. But actually, some people are really, really happy in their nine to fives, making a ton of money and or not making a ton of money, just doing whatever. And like maybe building a family or being able to go on a couple of nice holidays a year. So it's like 
and like when you say you you went self-employed a year ago when many people weren't doing it I had a similar thing like a lot of my really good friends at the time weren't self-employed they were working nine to fives as was I and I was like I can't I can't quit my job and it took me ages to do it and it wasn't really until I moved into the house I'm in now with two really good friends who are both self-employed and I, I was in that world of like oh well they were right you know like and you start to build have these expanders who you can see are doing the thing that you want to do but like and I, I think it's important for, to understand breaking away from what you think you should be doing and leaning into what it is that you want to do and using social media for like the good finding people that you go oh maybe I could do that as opposed to oh shit maybe my life's crap if that person's doing that and like that's the pros and the cons isn't it of, of social media it's like how it's used um but building and you're right I think it's not about having more money in the bank it's about the knowledge that you have and the trust in yourself with what you do with your money that's what's going to give you that financial freedom and over time of course you'll you'll build your money up but it's 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 using that knowledge to build a life that you actually want to live um as opposed to just getting the latest nicest shiniest thing <laughs> well those are nice too but they are nice if you want them you can have them if you want them but you can you can <laughs> and there is a there is a way of doing both isn't there there's a way of doing both Not just don't stretch well. don't don't stretch yourself and and put yourself in a position to try and impress other people and I, yeah. and again social media plays a huge role in that yeah. you said something earlier about sort of internalizing the sort of like spiritual and holistic mm -hmm. approach throughout my life i've to be honest been quite anti that like like up until i reckon two years ago maybe two and a half years ago and it came from weirdly kind of all stemmed out from sort of my financial situation out but i became more and more open to the idea I'm, I'm not religious i'm not spiritual um i bet i was i was atheist 100 percent. i was very much like almost against people who used to think like that mm -hmm. and i really feel now i'm at a part where I, I want to learn more about that because i feel like it actually makes sense and the more the more time i the more time i spend thinking about it mm -hmm. and relating it to my life sort of the holistic approach not just to money but just to life in general um i think there's something there like I really do, mm. but I don't, I don't know what it is. Cause I'm not that far down that mm. kind of, uh, that call it a journey if you want. Um, but you talk about spiritual and, um, that holistic approach. Mm. What, like, what does that mean to you? So for a bit of like, I guess, background, like context, I also, I'm not religious. I don't like follow a religion or anything like that. I always loved the, seeing how religion gave people faith and community but i hated the fact that there's these rules and there's such a negative side to religion mm. um and that's obviously a whole other conversation but when i was like 18 i think maybe i just got my 18 19 i read i was given a book called the power of now which is all about being present um and it's guy it's written by a guy called eckhart Tolle, who's like massive like self-help spiritual guru and at the time when i read it because he kept using the word god and i was a bit like oh that feels a bit religiony for me like a bit too much but actually you can interchange that word with like universe and it was my first sort of like entrance into like that world and then since then i've i'm massively into personal development and 
the spiritual side of things and for me it's just a belief that there is something bigger that that you know that you're not on your own and that you're working at play with the universe so when people say oh you're just lucky or oh it's just a coincidence I'm more like no that was you working in play you know with the universe and there is you know when we think about like manifesting and the law of attraction and you know all things like that is it gets thrown off as spiritual and woo woo and hippie and all of that stuff but actually there is a science to it and like I'm very much I like the science side of the spiritual world so people like Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza they talk a lot about like quantum physics and the the practical scientific research shown into that side of things and for me that makes me believe even more because I'm like well there's hard evidence to prove it but it's basically yeah this idea that you know we're all connected in some way and that energy is real everything everything is a vibration and money in itself is just an energy like money isn't good or bad it's just the meaning that we attach to it money is just an energy and you can use it as a tool and when you can understand and you can become a vibrational match to making more money or managing money in a certain way like that can only have a positive effect um and i can go on about you know the the energetic side of money and and how everything is is a vibration and all of that but i think that when you like you say you, you know you were so far from it like no i don't believe in anything i don't even want to hear from people but sometimes you have these little things that happen in life that you go oh maybe i'll actually like look into it a little bit and i'll and you can ease yourself into that world in a way that feels like comfortable for you without having to start like wearing those shoes and like bathing in the sunlight you know naked you know what i mean like it can be something that you <laughs> that can, sounds pretty good that's not actually, actually that was actually that was um i think that people spirituality is so personal and you can make mm. it whatever whatever you want even like i see practicing gratitude as a spiritual practice because when you practice gratitude for what you already have whether that's like the house that you live in or the money that you make or the food on your table which are all the little things that people take for granted when you're practicing gratitude you're just raising your vibe you're allowing yourself to you know we can all feel it we can't deny the feelings that we have and emotions when we feel an emotion in our body it's just energy it's just energy in our bodies so everything is all connected and the same applies to money um and there is a book that i'm reading at the moment which talks about the psychology of spirituality and it says people who are spiritual so not religious but spiritual and they believe in something bigger whatever that looks like they actually are more resilient because they believe that when bad things happen to them or happen in general they're able to say kind of like it's okay that this is happening and i'm allowed to feel the feelings but i'm not going into like mm, my life sucks and nothing's ever going to be good we'll go this is happening for a reason or what can i learn from this like mm. you're constantly learning to take lessons from life and from money and like not shaming yourself not allowing yourself to lean too heavily into the negative emotions but you're kind of always looking for the good being more positive being grateful going at things with love and acceptance and it's just a kind of way of being in life that is only going to help you right because if we get to the end of our lives and that's it we just die like nothing bad has happened because yeah. you're only you've lived a good life so yeah i think that spirituality in the general broader sense but and also with money is only um a positive thing yeah and everything you described there about kind of like almost being resistant to it and thinking no it is black and white i you know we just live we're just material and we die um i almost look back and laugh at how, when i used to think that because gratitude in particular is something that i think that might have been the trigger that kind of got me more open to this kind of thing because when i look back to 
I think it was the first lockdown. I think that's the first time that I was like, this is so weird. Everything's so strange. I mean, I was still lucky enough to be in quiet, like, well, very stable job at the time. Um, I still, I still went to work, but seeing all this kind of fear around and like, oh, but then you think, actually, we have, we have family, we have a home, we can turn the lights on. Yeah. Um, and that's when I first kind of thought to myself, actually, and, and you know what? And I look back and I was really happy. It was a weird, scary time. Lockdown two, not so much. It got to be boring. But yeah. lockdown one, lockdown one was like, for me, probably a turning point. And that's actually when I think spiritualism, whatever it is, from that gratitude. Because I actually, for a few weeks, I think I wrote down mm. three, three things I was grateful for. Like I didn't, buy, I didn't buy a gratitude journal like I know many people do. But I just got a piece of paper and just made sure when I woke up, I was like, actually, yeah, you know, the, probably the biggest one that I wrote down. I'm, I'm glad to have time with my family now. Yeah. Like I actually was present as a result yeah. of doing that. Um, and there's no way on earth I would have ever, I like, I would have laughed at people that did that. Like yeah. I really, I, I, sorry, cut you up there. No, go on. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like the, the thing, two things off the back of that is one spirituality doesn't have to like, you know, I know you said like, oh, I didn't buy a gratitude journal, but you don't need to, you could just think it if you want it. Like it's so personal. And this is the problem with religion is that usually you have to do things in a certain way. Otherwise you get, you know, told off which is, I think, the, pro the, the, the bad side of religion. But the, with, with, with spirituality, you can do whatever makes you feel good. So it's whatever way works for you. And also, I do think that sometimes the concepts are so simple that people think, well, that can't just be it. Like, you know, they, they turn their nose up to it. But like practicing gratitude take, is free. It takes you a couple of minutes in the morning, in the night, whatever. And it's about this idea, I think, of being present in every moment. Because as we know, like a lot of people, if you if you're constantly... Uh, focusing on the past or you're constantly focusing or worrying about the future you're never in the present moment and you can create a lot of feelings of anxiety worry sadness because you wish you could change something or you're worried about what's going to happen but actually when you can root yourself in the present moment what is happening right now what is in my control even financially what is it that I can do right now I'm letting go of the financial mistakes that I made because I did what I did with the information I had at the time and I'm not worrying too much about the future what is it I can do right now that sense of being present and being grateful is only going to help you create more of those feelings in the now um, and I think that's that that the more you can kind of lean into that the better I think it's not until you've had an experience like you say you had covid you were you just randomly started practicing some gratitude and you realize the impact that it can have it completely changed the way I viewed the world mm. And it, it didn't last, it, I think it lasted maybe maybe the entire day. So I think doing it daily is probably a good idea um, for me. But whenever I feel like I'm losing sight of what's important, I always now kind of go back to that. Like I don't do it every day. I wish I did, but I just don't, I just don't have a routine where it fits in. Um, exercise and going to the gym and stuff is kind of, for me, it is almost a similar thing. It kind of roots you, makes you focus on the present and you kind of you don't think of anything else. But I think... I actually, it felt like I, my mind shifted and I, I can't put into words what it, what it did, but I, I went from like worrying about, because at the time I was focusing on, um, wanting to grow my investments. How can I, how can I grow revenue streams and all this stuff that in the future, yes, it'd be nice to have more money there, but I'm not going to look back and say, I'm glad I spent my time doing that. My mind, my mind, my mindset shifted from that to oh, I'm like, this is the only time we get to experience life. So 
I really I'm so glad I have this and just like even like I've got a nine-year-old daughter so like whenever I think like that I, I look at her and I want to go and say to her like or, or spend put my phone down and just spend some time with her and that all stems from being grateful mm. yeah. I wonder what it is I wonder what it is that what, what happens in your mind when, so, when you do that I mean because a lot of people have this some a lot of people will go for their life not being spiritual or not having any kind of connection to anything greater and then they have near-death experiences like people that get in car crashes or like you know get really ill and nearly die or have parents or friends or whatever and they have that moment where you go oh my god i realize how precious life is and how i've maybe been creating a lot of my own pain or i've been living in the future too much living in the past and it does it's not always you know near death experiences but a lot of people do say that it happens then but i think from a like a brain point of view first of all when you're practicing gratitude you can't physically be also feeling negative emotions the two can't happen at the same time so you're giving yourself like a little break if you're you know having bad thoughts or whatever you're giving yourself a little bit of a break and also when you focus on all the good stuff that you already have basically we have this thing in our brain called the reticular activating system the res which because there's so much going on in the world, so so many, so much stimulus, you know, is noises, sounds, sights, smells, your brain can't take it in all at once. So the reticular activating system is kind of like a filtering system to go, right, what is it I need to know right now? What is it I need to take in right now? What do I need to be alert of, etc. So you know those times when you go, I'm thinking about buying a new car, I'm going to get, you know, a blue Vauxhall. And then suddenly you go out and you're seeing blue Vauxhalls everywhere that's because your RAS is you brought it to your attention and your brain is looking for it but it's all happening subconsciously that's what happens when you practice gratitude so you've brought the good things to your attention my family I'm grateful for food I'm grateful for the sun I'm grateful for my body you know whatever it is the things that we usually take for granted you're like bringing them to attention in your conscious mind and then your subconscious as you go throughout the day is becoming more aware of those things and, and highlighting them so you're not as much on autopilot so you're bringing the goodness to you um and that ras that's why like affirmations can work and mantras can work so well because you're allowing your your particular activating system to notice those things even more on a daily basis that makes a lot of sense would you is that would you say that's kind of the law of attraction because i did watch the the secret uh years ago now mm -hmm. Um, and Georgie, my partner, got quite obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Actually, be before we bought our first house, I'm pretty sure she put a picture up somewhere of the house that we wanted, mm -hmm. um, and we ended up buying it. Mm -hmm. um, she's quite a determined person anyway. But she was quite obsessed with it for a long period of time. Do you reckon, is that is that linked in with the system that you think, because you you're putting all your energy, whether it's subconscious or not, you're putting things in motion to make that happen like you're you're thinking about the house you're going to go and do view some houses you're going to worry about budgeting you're, you're not it's not it's not necessarily the universe doing it yeah. you are kind of doing it yourself but you're kind of working in connection with what could be the yeah. universe that's the magic right so a, a lot of the time people think that manifesting and the law of attraction is like woo woo because they're like i said that i wanted a new job and yet they sit on their sofa and they don't do any of the work so what you're essentially you doing with the with the law of attraction or manifesting is you're figuring out first of all what is it that i want okay i want this dream house what do i want it to look like well, you know da, 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 da. so you're implant in you're implanting something in your mind that's going to make you more aware to when those opportunities potentially pop up you're more open to receiving but then because you're creating a feeling inside of you an emotional feeling 
our actions are driven by emotion so therefore off the back of what it is that you're trying to create you take inspired action so like you say you go i'm gonna sort my budget now so that i know i can afford this house i'm gonna just have a little look on websites for houses just to see what pops up so it's the the feeling that you're creating and the inspired action that becomes the important part and then you end up create, creating those situations for yourself so the universe is obviously at play but like it's not say you want something and just sit down and hope it comes to you it's decide what you want get into that feeling of somebody who is going to have that thing and then go out and do the action. And then the other half, the universe is meeting you halfway. So for you to be able to get that house, obviously it had to be the right time, the right this, the right that. And like, I have watched The Secret and I've read it and like, I'm a fan of it, but I think that it misses out sort of like some important parts, like more science-based stuff. But overall, the general like kind of side of it. And I'm not a big fan of, you know, there's a lot of like advice out there that's like, if you want to manifest more money, um, just go out there and just, you know, live like you're a rich person. Like, if you don't have the money to spend on something, don't go and spend it. However, you can go, what is the feeling that I'm trying to create by buying this thing? So by wanting money, is it that I want to create security? Is it that I want to create more excitement and joy in my life? You figure out what the feeling is. You create that feeling in your life first without needing the money. So you start embodying it. And then you're in a position where you're going to maybe find a, a new job that does bring you that money because you've been being that person or whatever. You know, you, you, you're essentially like already creating that feeling as opposed to just hoping that spending loads of money, you're going to make more money back. So that's the difference. And that's where I think the waters get muddied between the two. Um, yeah. It's almost like hyper goal setting, I suppose, mm. like every corporate job that I've worked in, we always have like goal setting workshops, which are the funniest things in the world. But it's like, oh yeah, short term, medium term, long term, do some smart goals. But I guess that all that's doing is taking what we've just talked about and putting it into a structure, but minusing kind of all the potentially spiritual or um, even the evidence-based stuff really. It's just very much set your mind on a target and then you'll go towards it. Like that's what they say about your eyes. That's why most of your eyes are, are, are white and the inside is dark. So people can see what you're focusing on. So like, actually, whatever you, whatever you're focusing on is what you go to. You can't just walk across the room without looking to yeah. the side of the room. So it kind of like, for me, that's just a good way of thinking about goal setting. Yeah. When you talk then, we, as you were talking then, it reminded me of a story and the reason why I think I was so against it. When I, um, when we were younger, I was probably about 20, we went traveling uh, around America and we went to San Diego and it was, it was by far probably the, my favorite place in the world. Beautiful place. Well, it probably impacted as to why we did what we did. But anyway, we walked, we were walking down this little market and there was some people with some ionized, um, I don't know what it was like. It was like a watch. I don't know if you've ever seen them, They're like a, a strap for a watch. But in the middle, it's not it's not a clock face. It's just like, a, it looks like a little gem, but it, yeah. it's just like, like a holographic type. And they said it was positively charged ions in there. And my word, did they scam us? It was like, they got us to hold our arms out. And then without putting the band on, they pushed our arms down and arms went all the way down to our side. And then we put the band on and then they pushed our arm. And obviously subconsciously we're resisting a bit more and they're pushing a bit less and it's like oh my god yeah my arm is stronger now that you've done that and they pulled it was it was a it felt like an absolute trick and we ended up spending like 200 pounds on four of these bands to like take it back for christmas presents and then like when we got back we're like this is i can't believe we've been duped by this like it was utter nonsense and i think the problem is 
when you when you say the word spiritual, you say the word holistic, you say all those words. Even in my mind now, I go back to that, and I think, oh, it's just a scam. Yeah, it's just a scam. But then I know I know it's not because I've internalized a lot of the things, and I can feel actually. For example, when we got our house, I know that it is real. That when you focus on something and you want it, it does kind of happen as long as you have a positive mindset and you know take the actions necessary whether whether it's just you doing it or the universe doing it or whatever but i still have this kind of like scammy feel about it yeah of course because you had an experience where you and it's that classic case if you get 100 comments and one's bad you focus on the bad one so you've probably had experiences throughout the course of your life where little things have happened little synchronicities maybe a random job popped up a random friend you met and you're like oh my god how random that we were here and now we're going to work together you know all those little things they get forgotten about but then the one time where you feel like you've you, you've connected spirituality with being scammed of course that's going to stay in your mind but i think that it's unpicking and unlearning like what spirituality actually is and it not being like you say the scammy thing and also like the power and i think this is part of you know spiritualism the power of visualization so you said about your eyes and focusing on something but on like a using visualization as a tool is really really powerful because our brains don't know the difference between something happening in our mind and something happening in real life so a lot of athletes use visualization to you know win races and like if you read um up on big athletes like michael phelps and um usain bolt they visualize doing the race before they actually do it so that by the time they come to do it they already know how to do it they've already created that feeling and there's like a study shows shown that they took two groups of people no one knew how to play the piano one learned how to play the piano physically and one were just taught and then they said go practice it in your mind so one was practicing practically one was practicing in their mind when they came together they were they were both just as good as doing it because visualization is such a powerful tool that plays into you going after what you want so if you've set your mind on a goal you're visualizing it even if it's subconsciously because you're kind of like oh, imagine what it'd be like to be in that dream house imagine where we'd put this imagine you know da, 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 da. you end up creating this kind of playing field for yourself to pick up on that on those little opportunities whereas if on the flip side you're being negative you don't believe in it and you're like oh everything bad always happens for me i never get you know good opportunities your brain will literally ignore the good potentials to make more money or to do x y and z so it goes both ways and i think that all plays into like spirituality and like the, the power of mindset and there's so much stats out there but some people don't want to like lean into it because they think it's woo woo yeah yeah definitely but i think calling it visualization and it's got to be positive i think everything you said there it has to be positive like it can't be like when you say usain bolt and michael phelps and and i do it as well like i i do brazilian jiu-jitsu and it's quite technical it's very much like put your arm there put your leg there do this do that and even if you do that for like an hour a day when i go to bed i when i close my eyes i, I picture my i repeat what mm -hmm. i've done and it always has to have a positive outcome yeah. so i have to be in a better position than i was before mm -hmm. uh, and that 100 cements it in my brain and then the next day i can definitely more fluid it's like i've done it three or four times rather than just once and um absolutely but i think the key there is it has to be positive yeah. like you can't you when you picture yourself doing something in the future whether it's financially or physical whatever it is you have to be winning at that thing or improving or progressing it can't just be i'm going through the motions it has to be i'm doing it and for the reason i'm doing it or the outcome of me doing it is a positive one
yeah you're creating that feeling inside of yourself so if you're currently like in debt right now and you're like oh god i don't know how, i don't know how i can get out of debt and it feels overwhelming because your practical situation is that using visualization to imagine yourself debt free helps create the emotion and the motivation inside of you to go and make a plan to become debt free to go and pay off a bit of debt instead of doing this because you're going oh my god it can be real like I can create that it might take years but at least I can visualize it and if you can see it you can create it so it's just like connecting the two together um yeah I think it's it's, it's one of my favorite most powerful tools that I think that people can can use do you have any recommendations for any books you've mentioned a couple already but like anybody who wants to learn more about um visualization or a holistic um, approach to either money or just life or spiritualism things that you've spoken about that they think and positively impact their mm. finances but also just life in general um i love so i recently read the psychology of money which is fascinating great book, book. i've read that too. oh it's yeah. so good isn't it so i read yeah. that love that um atomic habits is one of my favorite books by james clear james clear yeah such a good book um i'm trying to think i mean i've got so many um like different spiritual books that i've read what's what's your favorite what's your favorite spiritual holistic approach oh, book that's a really i would say first up is i guess it's more holistic is mindset the one that i mentioned earlier because that helps you step into the that belief i think on an actual like proper like spiritual book anything by eckhart Tolle or wayne dwyer incredible like writers and also um michael singer's got a book called the untethered soul and the surrender experiment they're so they're like spiritual but like in terms of like like life and how you create um yeah how you create situations for yourself there they're all really good I'm, as well i am i'm going to research those books yeah. and and buy a couple because yeah. i want to i want to educate me more yeah. myself more on yeah. the subject um laura thank you very much for your time um where can people find you if they want to find out more about the content you put out there how to work with you so i'm on all of the socials i'm on instagram tiktok youtube sometimes um <laughs> and my i've also got a podcast as well called mind money soul which i can highly recommend it's very good thank you very much so yeah if you want to find me you can uh, instagram is sort of instagram and tiktok are my main ones so my instagram is at laura underscore Anne underscore more and then my tiktok is just laura Anne more perfect i'll put all those links in the show notes laura thank you very much for your time thank you